Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, I left my computer at my house, therefore, we have nothing to talk about today. No, that's not true. We got a ton to talk about today. The outline's just about twice as long as I put it all in there because, you know, got to fill in the script. I'm happy to be here. It is Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully, you're having a good week so far. The, uh, the rain is going to continue through the night. It's supposed to rain again tonight, uh, this evening. But then it's supposed to clear up and then a little bit cloudy the next couple days and then a little bit sunny the next couple days after that and then maybe into really nice temperatures. We, though, speaking of seasons, have the, uh, the completion of the college sports season for most athletes uh, that are in spring sports. Right now, the Big Sky Conference... Outdoor Track and Field Championships in Greeley, Colorado are underway. The multi-events are going. And uh, the Big Sky Conference Softball Championship tournament is underway as well uh, in Ogden, Utah. So the way this works, uh, for outdoor, the the venue changes. And uh, I actually don't know how... It's determined for outdoor track and field. It might be a bidding system. It might just be a, a flat rotation, and everybody gets to host it. It's it, it it only comes around to Montana every once in a blue moon. I mean, even over the last I don't know. I mean, since I moved back to Montana in 2010, there's only been one outdoor championship in Bozeman, and that was in 2012. And there's only been one outdoor championship in Missoula, and that was in 2019. So it might just rotate through all the schools that have outdoor track. But regardless, uh, it's in Greeley this year, getting hosted by Northern Colorado. The way that the softball uh, tournament works is last year's regular season champ gets to host this year. That's also how it works in soccer as well uh, at the Big Sky Conference level. So uh, we're going to have a a discussion just about sort of the – the gauges and barometers of success in some of the spring sports that aren't necessarily revenue sports, but certainly have some good athletes playing in them. How do we deem and determine a successful season or not for Grizz softball, for Montana State and Montana track and field? Uh, maybe a similar conversation about soccer. And I also want to ask Andrew about uh, what he thinks of We've been talking, this, the most common talking point around here as of late has been about conference realignment, what the future might hold for Montana and Montana State. 
University of Montana Athletic Director Kent Haslam will be in studio at 5 o'clock for the ESPN Roundtable today. And we're going to continue that conversation. I want to talk more with Kent, though, about the realities of the situation currently, not quite as much of the prediction and speculation of what could be or, or what the dream and nightmare scenarios might be. But if there was a conference realignment, if there was a move up to FBS football specifically for Montana and Montana State, that would then come with uh, the necessity to add a sport or two to appease Title IX. So, uh, as we know, there's a couple sports that exist at Montana State, specifically skiing, both alpine and Nordic skiing that do not exist at Montana, and then vice versa, the Grizzlies have softball and soccer. The Bobcats do not. So what would it look like if the additions were the sports that the other school doesn't have? And also, what would be the dream sport to be added uh, to fill in the blanks there uh, when it comes to Title IX equity? We shall debate that here off the top. 430, we have one of two Little Sullivan Award winners joining us. She is the female award winner this year. It's Cola Badbear. She's a senior at Montana State, a uh, billing senior high school product who actually grew up in prior Montana on the Crow Reservation. Uh, and she is certainly a worthy um, recipient of the Little Sullivan Award. So she will join us uh, as the top amateur athlete in the state of Montana. We're also going to continue to debate and learn about some of the top uh, NFL players from the 1970s. Uh, filling in the blanks for some history. Ken Haslam will join us at the top of the hour to just talk about all the ins and outs of managing an athletic department budget at this day and age and uh, how that then directly impacts some of his decision-making at the University of Montana. It'll be a, a very informative, I believe, uh, ESPN roundtable. And then 5.30, we have Wing It Wednesday like we do every Wednesday around here on Nuanas Now. And uh, now, this time of year, it's going to be directly associated with the um, the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we have a now Stanley Cup aficionado, as it were, Mike Anderson, the co-head coach of the Grizz hockey team. He has volunteered and uh, stepped up to be our go-to guy when it comes to the NHL and the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we'll go through uh, what the last week has been like. Uh, from our perspective, as the affiliates of the Seattle Kraken, the Seattle Kraken remain alive. Uh, they're playing the Dallas Stars. Uh, give us an update. I didn't actually see the final from last night. I know the Stars were had a big lead, but then the Kraken kind of cracked into it. So uh, where are we at with uh, this uh, second-round Stanley Cup playoff series? Uh, Stars held them off last night 6-3, so that ties it up 2-2. Two two. Uh, game 5 is going back to Dallas, and that'll be tomorrow night, of course, on ESPN Radio. Offensive onslaught by the Stars the last couple games. Well, the Kraken got seven on them in Game Three, That's and then right. and then six three in Game Four. It's been the other game last night, the Eastern Conference game last night, also had a ton of goals. I think yeah. uh, eight. Weary goaltenders, or what? Or where are we at with this? Uh, maybe just the offenses are getting getting too good. I don't know. Maybe it's just something that's happening. Yeah, uh, we will discuss that exact. Uh, the scenario with Mike Anderson about 5:30 will also give you an opportunity to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Uh, before we get into um, some updates, which by the way, the uh, the the main update you need to know out of the um, Big Sky Softball Championship, the Grizz lost nine to one to Northern Colorado today. So now Montana one game remaining in this double elimination tournament, and. Uh, you know, you don't want to be too harsh about it, but I, I think it will be a, a, a merciful ending to the season when the Grizz season this season is over. Go, they were 10-34 and 34 overall going into this tournament. They only won four conference games. There's only six teams in the Big Sky, and the Grizz were the sixth team. So they were the last seed in this thing. And uh, so just one more loss, and uh, they'll be officially, officially out. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's it's been a tough year for Montana. Uh, at the Big Sky Outdoor Track and Field Championships, one place where there's been pretty consistent success for both uh, Montana and Montana State has been in the multi-events. In outdoor track and field, the multi-event is the decathlon. So it's 10 events, five the first day, five events played out today. Then the other five events will play out tomorrow. Um, 
And then the, on the women's side, it's the heptathlon, which is seven events. So there is four events by uh, the ladies today and then three more tomorrow. Forever, uh, th- there's always at least one or two great multi-athletes from both Montana and Montana State. A couple of the great female multi-athletes of all time in the Big Sky Conference competed at Montana. Lindsey Hall, who's a Missoula Big Sky product, she was an all-time record holder uh, in, in multiple multi-events during her great career here at the University of Montana. She now happens to be the multi-events coach for the Grizzlies, so that's a great addition for them under first-year head coach Doug Fraley. On uh, the Montana State side, Tom Idle has been a longtime multi-events coach, but he retired recently, so they have a new multis coach there in Bozeman. Uh, but no male participants in the decathlon for either the Cats or the Grizz, so that's interesting. I, I can't remember covering an outdoor championship where that was the case. On the women's side, though, Montana has a variety of uh, young ladies to work with. There's 11 competitors uh, in the uh, heptathlon there in Greeley overall from the Big Sky Conference, including, let's count them up, one, two, three, four from the University of Montana. So uh, Morgan Ratke's the headliner when it comes to the multis. She is currently in fourth place with 3,055 points. Her top mark today, a high jump of 5'8", which was a career best. Brooke Stainer, who's a freshman from Missoula, she is in fifth place, so that's a good first outdoor championship for her. Uh, probably her standout mark, 25.60 seconds in the uh, 200. She also ran 14.41 seconds in the 100-meter hurdles, which is uh, a, a good time for a multis or otherwise. Uh, Ainsley Shipman, who's a freshman at Montana, and Whitney Morrison is a junior at Montana. They are also competing in this. Shipley right now is in eighth place. Morrison right now is in ninth place. So that's your update uh, for right now when it comes to the Big Sky Outdoor Track and Field uh, Championships. Uh, there's a lot of events to watch. If you've never been to one of these meets, they're in- incredibly entertaining. And uh, I wish I was there. It just wasn't in the budget to get to Greeley. When it's a drivable one, we almost always try to go. But uh, Greeley, a little bit far. So uh, we will be covering it, though, from abroad. Uh, one of the main things to watch is going to be the last outdoor championships for Duncan Hamilton. He's one of the best athletes in the state of Montana. He, uh, <laughs> somebody, one of our loyal listeners post, po- pointed this out the other day. She said, uh, you should rename your Treasure State Stars the Duncan Hamilton Treasure State Stars because he's in there pretty much every week this time of year. And it's true. Uh, Duncan will join us tomorrow uh, to set us up for what uh, his weekend looks like. To give you a preview of the scheduling of it all, man, this just proves how tough-minded this guy is. He will run the 3,000-meter steeplechase at 120. That race, you know, I mean, he's really fast, so it'll take him about eight and a half minutes. And uh, then 25 minutes after the race ends, he's going to go have to run the 1,500. So uh, it's going to be a quick turnaround. That's, I think that is one of the, the craziest parts to me about track and field is no matter how hard you train, no matter what way you train, there's no way you train for that. There's no way you train to have that turnaround. Almost every meet of this year, Duncan Hamilton probably has run one or the other, and if he ran both, it's because they were hours apart or on different days. So to have those two events, boom, boom, uh, it's going to be a crazy test for him. But uh, if anybody can do it, that guy can do it, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, also worth noting uh, that of those young ladies I just listed from the uh, that are competing in the heptathlon from the University of Montana, uh, Radke's the lone senior. Got a couple freshmen in Stainer and uh, and Shipley, as well as uh, a junior in Whitney Morrison. So Radke, who's a Class C kid from Drummond, uh, her last hurrah. So if she can get on the podium there uh, in the multis, I think that'd be cool. That'd be a great ending uh, to her career. It is new on us now, ESPN Radio. Uh, SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. One last note for you that I just got to define here because this is the thing that people around the state are talking about, and this seems to always be the thing when there's any sort of indiscretion or any sort of uh, alleged crime committed by either of the uh, of members of either of the respective Division One football teams in this state. Um, but it's been reported, and we have commented on the fact that Montana State Offensive Coordinator Taylor Housewright was charged with an aggravated DUI last Friday, I guess in the wee hours of Saturday morning was the official arrest time. Uh, the, the police report doesn't look pretty, uh, but as we always say, uh, we're not here to analyze the 
the personal conduct of an individual as much as we are here to analyze the way that the the ramifications of that personal conduct then affects the organization and the team. So there will be some sort of charges brought. There will be some sort of uh, court date that plays out, and there will be some sort of decision, uh, either guilty or not guilty, in that exact form. And in the meantime, there will also be decisions made by Montana State when it comes to their athletic administration and uh, their overall administration, the university administration, as well as their football coaching staff, Brent Vegan and otherwise. So um, until we know what House Wright's punishment will be or if he actually gets convicted of this crime, whatever it might be, uh, we are going to analyze what that means for Montana State once that happens. You know, if he's suspended or he's dismissed or he's retained or whatever, we'll analyze what the actual scenario means for MSU football. Uh, but we're not here to necessarily break down the uh, – the actions and misactions and uh, misconduct and any of that stuff uh, of individual people. That's uh, just not what we're doing around here these days. So, anyways, uh, it is Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. One last thing to mention before we talk about sort of the gauge of um, success or, or lack thereof when it comes to some of the non-revenue sports in the Big Sky Conference, specifically specifically at the Montana schools. Uh, first of all, if you want to stream the show, you always can, 1029ESPN.com. Or you can always use the ESPN MT app. And uh, if you want to stream the audio, you can always go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You're going to want to remember that for wings. Uh, but you can also send texts in uh, to that and be a part uh, of the conversation. Uh, last night, though, the NBA playoffs played out, and I thought that uh, a lot of this playoffs has been relatively predictable just in terms of the game-to-game. Game. But I thought last night's results were, both of those games being pivotal game fives, I thought both the results redefined the series. Uh, Philadelphia had what I would argue was the win of the the, the Joel Embiid era going into Boston and, and beating the Celtics. And... Uh, then the Nuggets took care of business at home. It wasn't crazy that the Nuggets won at home. They are one of the best home teams in the league. But the fact that they rolled the Suns and now they have a 3-2 lead certainly bodes well for, for the Nuggets and specifically Nikola Jokic for uh, his quest to erase this, this thought that he can't win in the postseason. Um, but, Andrew, I mean, I, I thought that one of the, the – Best result, I guess one of the most impressive performances of this playoffs by any team came last night in the form of the Philadelphia 76ers. That has to be one of, if not the biggest wins ever when Joel Embiid's the centerpiece of the Sixers, right? Yeah, I would say those games last night have the potential to be really defining wins for for both of those guys, for for Embiid and for Nikola Jokic. But yeah, what Joel Embiid and and the 76ers did in Boston... Uh, making shots down the stretch of that game as Boston tried to come back. And I, I loved also, you know what Joel Embiid did? He he took a, he took 23 shots. He had, he had 33 points, team-high 33 points. But he didn't really take the game over on that end. It was really on the defensive end where he stood out. I mean, four blocks, uh, really, really easy to see his impact. I think he even had five blocks. I think he had one right at the end, too. But regardless, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, well, as we were talking while we were watching it in real time, if he plays defense like that, then they're pretty tough to beat. I mean, because that changes the game, even for yeah. a team like Boston, which Boston has a team of, of great perimeter players. But even for a team like, against a team like Boston, if you can wall off the rim like that, uh, it really changes the complexion of the game. And that was impressive. And then, also, I mean, his supporting cast, James Harden didn't play all that well or didn't get all that many shots, only took eight field goals, but made his free throws, had eight rebounds, ten assists, only two turnovers. Tyrese Maxey hit a ton of big shots down the stretch as Boston tried to come back in that game. Tobias Harris was 7 of 10 from the field. I mean, we said it last last night, I think, going into that game. There was a lot on the line for all three of Philadelphia's main characters in this series. And, and last night, I think all three of them came through in, in James, uh, Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Doc Rivers. They seem to... There's been this long-standing, and some would say unfair, but some would say totally justified reputation of James Harden that he just really doesn't care 
what he, what you think his legacy is. I mean, he's been infamously quoted as saying, "That's for you guys, man. I'm just here to hoop. Like I don't. I'm in the playoffs every year. You guys can say I'm a loser. I don't think I'm a loser. I make hundred million dollars to play basketball." But it seems as if Harden's mindset has switched a little bit. He does seem to grasp the moment a little bit better right now. And I think part of that is because for the first time in his career, he's actually reacted to leadership rather than him being the leader. And Embiid, you know, a lot of the the old school guys around the NBA, they talk a lot about the alpha dog. Embiid is the alpha. He is among the alphas in the NBA. And I think Harden realizes that for the first time in his career – and he's taken a secondary role, which has actually, in turn, ironically made him a better leader, too, and seemed like he's way more engaged in this series. Well, yeah, and Joel Embiid not only being a leader, but he he is a guy with some desperation around him, right? Oh, yeah. He's getting older. Uh, he has had some, some playoff failures in his career. And he is a guy for whom that stuff matters. And I think, uh, you know, with him taking the leadership role... That's just made it easier for James Harden to buy in. I think that, you know, Doc Rivers as a guy who has been through so many playoff runs yeah. uh, also probably helps with that. But, yeah, I mean, you could see in the in the second half of that game, and, and Boston, you know, never really made a run, never yeah. really got to within single digits nope. in the fourth quarter of that game. But Boston made a couple shots, and I think every time Philadelphia answered one of those shots with a big shot on the other end or with, you know, Joel Embiid flying in for what I think will be his signature play of that game, which is a fast break block, the chase down, I think you could just see that Philadelphia team starting to believe a little bit in a way that uh, you don't get that confidence unless you have been there. And now the unrest of the Boston faithful will be one of the def- one of the impactful factors now going forward because... First of all, the Boston Celtics are not used to losing at home. They have one of the great home court advantages in all of sports. They always have, and uh, they always will because it's just such an engaged sports town. But under a first-year head coach, after last night, Boston's now lost 10 out of their last 19 home games dating back to the regular season. That is – that's a lot. And uh, the, you can hear the narratives among, the, among all the NBA podcasters and the you know smart guys on Twitter and everybody's saying – it's certainly about Embiid and yada, 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 but it's more about Joe Mazzulla not knowing how to handle this moment and just getting co- totally outcoached. So now, I mean, you have it's, – it's not going to redefine their entire franchise because their franchise has such a proud history, but in terms of the actual future of their roster, you have a must-win in Philadelphia now the next two times – the next time these two teams take the court because if Jalen Brown gets all NBA, which I think it comes out either today or tomorrow. I think it's tonight. If he gets all NBA – he, he then can get the Supermax and get $271 million, but you're going to have to make that decision, and it's going to be a lot easier to bite the bullet and make that decision if you win than if you lose. So I think this is going to have a huge impact on the Celtics, this iteration of them moving forward. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say about that, though, is that the Celtics were in this exact situation a year ago. That's right. Down 3-2. In the second round against the Milwaukee Bucks, a team with an MVP candidate, uh, they just lost Game 5, a really close one. Giannis had 40 in that game. They have to go back to Milwaukee for Game 6. It was the exact same situation. Well, what happened? Jason Tatum has 46 in Game 6. They get it back to Boston for a Game 7, and that was, of course, the Grant Williams game, and they ended up winning that Game 7 really comfortably. Uh, you know, Joe Mazzulla, of course, is, is not Ime Udoka, but the players on the floor, that's the same team that was in that exact situation a year ago in the second round, and they ended up going to the NBA Finals. So uh series is a long way from over. It's a, it's such a great example of though, for those that think that coaching doesn't matter, though. The Celtics were stuck when they had Brad Stevens. Then they moved Brad Stevens to the front office and hired Ime Udoka, and then they went to the Finals, and now they have another new guy, and uh, it's just not quite the same. So you can tell. I mean, coaching really does matter, especially for some of these younger uh, superstars in the NBA. No is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, so I have two questions for you. We were talking about sort of, I guess I have three questions for you, Andrew. Uh, we were talking about the, the spring sports that are coming to a completion for most of these athletes. Why I, I say most, because I can almost guarantee you, the Duncan Hamiltons of the world are going to move on to regionals, and there'll be some athletes for both the Cats and the Grizz that move on to regionals. Um, 
probably the headliners for the, the Grizz are the, the two javelin throwers led by Evan Todd, who's a Kalispell Glacier product, who's the top javelin thrower uh, in the Big Sky Conference. But uh, first question is, how do you sort of gauge, in your mind, what are the, the gauges of success or failure from a program standpoint when it comes to sort of these these non-revenue sports? Like we, we know what the expectations are when we're analyzing the Grizz or the Cats in men's and women's basketball and football. The expectation is to win a Big Sky Championship. That's it. I don't know if that's necessarily the same when it comes to track and field or, or softball. What do you think? How are we supposed to gauge uh, whether it's a what, what would constitute a successful performance, I guess, uh, for the Grizz track team uh, at the outdoor championships? Track is a little bit different just because of, uh, you know, NAU is in the conference, so it's for tough sure. to say that a conference championship is the success. Well, it's actually impossible. I mean, I think right. NAU has won the league like 100 times in a row or something. Yeah, it's you insane. can have the best Montana track team in Every- history, and they're not going to win the conference <laughs> championship. So totally. track is like a one-off in that way, and track is also, uh, because of the individual aspect of it, I think you can define success a little bit differently. Um You know, I think it is putting a lot of those individual athletes on the national stage like Montana State has done in the last couple of years. That's right. Even when they haven't been winning conference championships. I mean, yeah, and and that's the thing is Montana State has been uh, solidly as the second best team in the big sky behind Northern Arizona, which is basically like you are winning the conference. Because yeah. because the superpower is is competing for the national title, and that doesn't exist in any other sport besides track and field in the Big Sky. Yeah, like being the best non NDSU FCS team. Sure. In a bunch of those years, but you know, track in in this country in the world is such a huge hierarchy of times, and and pushing your athletes up to the next stage of the. I mean, sending athletes to regionals. Yep. Sending athletes to nationals. It's such a, a, an important bar to clear, yep. and I think what's been so impressive about what Montana State has done is that it's not just, you know, one or two stars, right? It's not just Duncan Hamilton, That's right. but it's having a depth of athletes who yes. can compete at the next level. Um, you know, having having, I would say that the bar of success is having a deep bench of athletes coming yep. into the season who you can legitimately say some of these athletes can go to regionals and some of them can go to nationals. Yeah, I mean, I think for track and field, here's how I would break down my barometers for success. One, you can always tell it's so tangible in improvements. The Grizz were not good in indoor track. Part of that's because they don't have an indoor track. But if you finish higher than you did during indoor track... And I think you've made progress. I think that is uh, one measurement of success. Also, if you have athletes moving on to the regional meet, I also think that's part of the success. And then I think you got to win some recruiting battles because there is going to be good athletes, Big Sky Conference or better level athletes coming out of Montana uh, that can totally compete in track and field in the Big Sky Conference. So uh, winning some of those battles uh, during the offseason, also part of your success. And then can you develop those young people when they get into your program? So I think those are sort of the ways I define it as well. Uh, when it comes to some of the other non-revenue sports, I mean, you're sort of our soccer, well, not sort of, you are our soccer aficionado. Uh, I think we have a pretty clear understanding that um, anything less than a, the Big Sky Conference, at least tournament run and or championship for the Grizz soccer team is certainly, that's their barometer of success because Chris Chitovitsky's had so much success. I think you could certainly say that no one would argue with you that last year's Grizz soccer season was was a disappointment. And uh, I think they would be the first ones to tell you that for sure. So we kind of know where the success is there as well. Uh, what, what do you think of that premise? But also how does that overlay with softball? Because softball has only been around for seven years they were good to great, and then they've been declining since then. And uh, now this year was sort of the, well, not sort of, it was the worst season that they've ever had, but it's a short sample size. So where where are we at with comparing softball to soccer, and, and what do you think of my assessment of soccer? Well, I think you're, you're right on for soccer, and I think it is a sort of success to have your expectations be in that level year in and year out, even if you're not winning the conference championship. As far as softball goes, I mean, it is, it's a six-team league. You should be you should be winning the conference or in the conference championship game ever. I mean, so top, saying you should be top three in softball sounds impressive. That's only the top half of the league. You should be in the, right. that top three every year. Uh, you know there there is softball talent in Montana. 
like with, I, maybe we'll talk about this more later, like with soccer, you're not competing with Montana State for the top talent in the state of Montana. That's right. Um, you have you have great facilities. You have a great home stadium. Yep. For Montana softball, I think. I mean, that you have you. It's it's a revenue sport. I mean, it, correct. Re, softball is a revenue sport in Montana. It's not a crazy earner, but they make they they do not lose money on softball at Montana. That should be an intrinsic advantage. Yeah, I think that uh, you know. I guess it's just an indicative that you have fans. It's indicative that you have people that care that about it. That come and buy tickets, right. That's right. And, you know, also in Big Sky Softball, I mean, we've seen teams like Idaho State, which was has been bad yeah. for the last five years, coming in and making a run and, and getting a share of the conference championship this year. I mean, in a six-team league, it doesn't take that much to make that run towards the top of the league. I just think Montana should be up there every year. I totally agree. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, okay, last one for you before we take a break here. Actually, you know what? We'll come back to this here uh, to end up the first hour. Uh, we do have one of our little Sullivan Award winners joining us today, one joining us tomorrow. They both happen to be seniors at Montana State. Cole Badbear, the female little Sullivan Award winner from the Montana AAU, will join us next. Keep it right here. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and... The ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here uh, on your Wednesday. Coming up in the show, uh, several different things of interest for all of you. One, we got free wings. That's coming up here uh, about an hour from now, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. It's a Wing It Wednesday where we give you the opportunity to win uh, a dozen wings from the Despo. Uh, that'll be in association with our commentary about the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. Also, top of the hour, we've had an ongoing conversation about the future of college athletics when it comes to both Montana and Montana State. Kent Haslam, the athletic director at the University of Montana, will join us uh, to, to continue that conversation as part of our ESPN roundtable. So that's coming up uh, at the top of the hour. Right now, though, we go to the Rangers Blowers RV phone line. It's time for our Montana State Minute. Presented by JB Restaurant Supply. And over the weekend, uh, one of my favorite awards, the Little Sullivan Award, which is given to the top amateur male and female athletes from the state of Montana. I just think it's cool because we don't really have pro athletes in the state of Montana. There's people from Montana that go on to professional uh, careers in sports, certainly, but uh, a lot of times the top amateur athlete is the top performing athlete within the state that year, particularly when it comes to Montanans. And, uh, so I, I think it's a, a, a very prestigious award and, and one that's cool to always follow along because it sort of draws from all different sorts of sports and backgrounds. The winners of the Little Sullivan Award this year, a pair of Montana State seniors. Duncan Hamilton, who's a very accomplished, decorated distance runner, uh, he will join us tomorrow on the show. And then now our guest, a Montana State women's basketball player uh, who just recently wrapped up her career with the Bobcats and also just recently earned a degree there at Montana State. Uh, it's Cola Badbear. Cola, thanks so much for joining us. How you doing? Good. 
Good, good. How are you? Very good. I saw uh, your guys' graduation pictures. Congratulations. I know it's always a crazy moment in life. It takes a long time to sink in. Uh, so how is it for you? What, what, have, what have you thought? I mean, you've only been a graduate here for a little while. So uh, has it sunken in yet that you earned your degree at Montana State? Yeah, um, I guess not really. I guess, well, graduation is this Friday. Technically, I have one more final to go, but um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it just kind of feels crazy how fast the time has gone for me, especially, like, looking back. I still feel like I'm 18 and a freshman with my class coming in, you know, the summer before the year kicks off and not really knowing what we're doing. Um, so it's crazy to think four years just flew by. It always goes way faster than you ever think it's going to. Uh, congratulations on the Little Sullivan Award, too, by the way. Uh, let's take us through that. I know you had an opportunity to go and uh, receive this award. So what was your reaction? What was your impression? What did you think of being honored as the top uh, amateur female athlete in the state of Montana? Yeah, um, I feel very honored for sure and just blessed to um, have gotten the recognition to even be an award recipient. And just um, super honored to be standing up there with a pair of athletes that are so deserving themselves, Ayla Embry and Brittany Fisher, um, just tremendous college careers, played with them and against both of them um, in high school. So it's always cool to see how everything kind of unravels with the end of our um, athletic careers. Uh, kind of bittersweet. And, um, I mean, it was super cool. It was amazing. Got to go out to Fairmont. They paid for a room that night. So it was super nice, relaxing weekend before final started. And I honestly, I was surprised that I got it, but I just felt very, um, just grateful to be there and just grateful to have been honored and chosen. Cole Badbear joining us here on Nuanas Now. She is about to be a graduate there at uh, Montana State University, an outstanding women's basketball player there for the Bobcats over the last four years. Uh, just take us through your, your Bobcat career because you guys sort of bookended it, championships as freshmen and, and seniors and a lot of, of wins in between. So how are you guys able to do that? I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's always expected when freshmen make big impacts that they'll be good forever, but it's not always the case. But you guys were able to, uh, yourself, Mass and Jackson, Darian White, able to make an impact for all four seasons. So uh, how are you able to do it? And uh, how would you just sum up uh, your time there at Montana State over the last four years? Yeah, um, I would just say, I guess, like the culture that was already built here. We came in um, and a lot was expected of us as 17, 18 year olds walking in to this elite program, I would say. I mean, there was what, like five, six seniors there, a couple grad transfers and just transfers in general. So they were all older and expected a lot of us. Um, so they held us to a higher standard that we weren't ever looked to as a freshman. You know, we were just expected to do just as well and just as much as they do themselves. Um, so just getting that uh, exposure to that type of level and style of play um, at a young age and expected to win, not just as freshmen, but I think that's getting a feel of what it was like to go 19-1 that year and not get a finish off how we wanted to with COVID happening. I think we had a little redemption on our shoulders for those seniors, especially who never got the chance to play in that tournament um, championship game. So I thought we just kind of put that upon ourselves to redeem them for them and for us. Um, and then for like our underclassmen at that point too, to get a taste of feel, but what it's like to be a Montana state Bobcat and what is expected um, at the realm here. So, I mean, I really enjoyed the last four years. I think I had a really special class come in. I mean, we are the most winningest class in Montana State women's basketball history. So I think that's pretty amazing to say that a lot of us walk away with a lot of different accolades. Um, you said, like, Madison Jackson, Darian White, and then there's also Mackenzie Stumney, who was a medical redshirt this last year. She also put in the time, you know, in practices. Um, and so I just think, like, we just had a very special very special bond that not a lot of players or teammates in college, I would say, have that type of connection because it can get a lot. You're with each other all day. Practice, you come home to one another because we were roommates. Um, and I think we just had that different type of connection that not a lot of people have off the court that really kindled that onto the court. And we really took that into like family traditional view of a team, family orientedness as we became the upperclassmen. We could definitely see that, and you could definitely see the bond that uh, all you young ladies had. Cola Bad Bear, a billing senior product, a prior Montana native, and a uh, 
now about to be graduate from Montana State. She recently took home the Little Sullivan Award as the top amateur athlete as awarded by the Montana AAU over the weekend. Uh, tell us about then uh, your your upcoming uh, future. I know that uh, you have this extra year. This is such a weird deal for everybody, but I think it's a great opportunity for each individual if you want to go uh, pursue a, a new adventure. So um, I, I don't know if you decided what you're doing next, but just take us through uh, all of that. I know maybe you thought about not playing basketball anymore. You thought about maybe coming back to Montana State. There's a whole bunch of different options you had. So what ultimately uh, made you decide to, to enter the transfer portal and, and explore new options, new adventures? Yeah. Um, well, originally I was thinking, you know, I'm either going to take this year off or maybe try and go play overseas before I go back to grad school. And I just, after like a lot of thinking, I just kind of felt unfinished with the way season unfolded this year with the cats. And so I just decided to, you know, play another year and take my grad transfer. Um, and I mean, as much as I love Bozeman, the community, Ben, my teammates, everyone i just thought my time was up you know i served my four years here i got my um degree i got the most out of what i wanted yeah sure i feel unfinished but maybe that's just something i need to go try at a different program and i mean no final decision yet but maybe that program's close to home where i can finish out my collegiate career out in front of my hometown will be very cool what what uh, what did you get your undergrad degree in uh, community health with a minor in human development. Oh, very cool. So uh, that's uh, obviously one thing that is uh, very applicable to then pursuing a graduate degree too. So d- did that play a part in this as well? Just the fact that you, you maybe get to go uh, pursue the educational side of this thing for a little longer as well? Yes, 100%. Um, just to get the, another year of getting my education paid for as well as a chance to finish out some classes that I need to apply for grad school. Well, very cool. Uh, we're proud of you, and it, it's uh, been an awesome time getting to know you and following along for the, throughout your career. Uh, I think that uh, you ladies left a huge mark there uh, at Montana State. Cola Badbear joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. Uh, last thing for you then, Cola. I mean, what, what will you remember most? What will you take away from your time with the Bobcats? Um, honestly, all of the relationships that I have built from my freshman year to my senior year, I can say for a fact I have all my bridesmaids just straight off my um, basketball team you know we went through the hardest days together the best days together um we're with each other day in and day out um whether it's all through all the good and all the bad um and then just all my coaches that I got to learn from and my mentors that I met along the way um I just feel very grateful and blessed to have this opportunity that not a lot of people do have. And so just soaking all the relationships I built up and learning from each, every single one um, from my teammates, to my athletic trainers, to my strength coaches, to my coaches and to the fans, honestly, um, couldn't have been here without any of them and just very blessed. Well, go get them in the future. We can't wait to see what's next, but uh, thanks for spending some time with us here today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Cole Badbear, the Little Sullivan Award winner and uh, now about to be a graduate uh, from Montana State. I've said a lot of, of things about her, but I just think that uh, her ability to not only be a good basketball player, but also be a great ambassador for the university, a great representative of her uh, native people, and uh, someone that became a spokesman and sort of the face of a very important initiative in the uh, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Initiative, uh, Certainly, I think it's a, it's a lot to put on a, a young person. And I think she did it with class and grace, and uh, I think she has a lot to be proud of. So congratulations to Cole Badbear, and thanks so much to her for joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. I didn't, go, I didn't ask her about the uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women because she had talked about that extensively on this show before. So I know we have a lot of loyal listeners. If you want to l- learn more about that or hear more from her on that, you can go find that podcast. It was from February of this year. It's on the Nuanas Now uh, podcast stream. But she talked about it for about 15 minutes because that was sort of the theme of that interview. So you want to know more about that, uh, you certainly can go find that there as well. The Montana State Minute presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. JNV Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. Uh, we've got a couple texts I got to get through. And I have a question about rivalries that don't exist yet. That's both next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio.
on ESPN Radio. Getting antsy. I can't wait for concert season here in Missoula to become uh, reignited. I know there's been a couple shows. Uh, I'm going to my first one next week, so looking forward to it. Marcus King here last spring was certainly one of the uh, the best shows uh, that we've we've had here in recent years in Missoula. So uh, maybe he'll come back, but uh, that guy, he rips, man. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for hanging out with us here on your Wednesday. We have been talking constantly for the last couple weeks about the future of both good and bad of college athletics, particularly when it pertains to the Division I schools here in the state of Montana. I think, given what's happening specifically in college football but across the college sporting landscape, that Montana Montana State need to be ready to make a move. Now, does that mean they move into a different conference? Well, that would take an invite And that doesn't seem to be part of the immediate future, although it might be part of the future someday. But I think more Montana, Montana State need to be ready to realign with different peer institutions to move into the future together. So as you know, I, I, I'm somebody that's, I mean, I've dedicated the last 17 years of my life to covering the Big Sky Conference. I love the Big Sky Conference. I love the level of specifically football that both Montana and Montana State sit at. But that level has changed dramatically in recent years. And it's changed, um, I think there's a lot of things that exist that are maybe inequitable within it. I, first of all, I think it's become diluted because I think a lot of the premier programs in the FCS have moved on and moved up. I also think the ones that remain uh, premier programs have such intrinsic advantages that uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think that there's only a couple teams every year that can actually compete for a national championship, and that's why we've only seen two teams in the last 11 years win a national championship, North Dakota State nine times, and then South Dakota State. I guess Sam Houston got a uh, spring championship in there, but regardless, during the fall, nine out of the last ten have been North Dakota State. The only other one was South Dakota State over North Dakota State. So there's been literally zero parity in the FCS, and I think there's reasons for that. I think Montana and Montana State need to be aware of some of the things that are holding them back. So we've got a ton of engagement about this conversation, probably more than any other topic we have talked about over the last year or two. So keep the text coming in, 406-888-1029, if you want to be a part of the conversation. Uh, This is a text from a listener from, uh, I don't know when he sent this, but this was forwarded right before the show. Another pro for me for moving uh, to a decent to good FBS conference would be actually interacting with other fans in the conference. It can feel like it's pretty much just Cats and Grizz fans out here. Idaho has helped, and they have a real fan base, and there's a handful of EWU and Weber fans around, but MSU fans heard way more from Utah State fans during the sprinkle hiring process than we ever do any non-Brawl of the Wild, Big Sky game, football, or otherwise. This would apply not only to online, but also in-person, home and away. I made this point on the show yesterday, but I'll double down on it. I do think that Montana and Montana State are the biggest show in town in their respective communities, but also around the state of Montana. So they get a ton of media coverage, particularly compared to the other teams in the league. But because the other teams in the league are covered sparingly, if not uh, not at all, I think that that actually secondarily also hurts the Montana schools. In other words, if, if, if if a team that had a real fan base and a real media presence was coming into Washington Grizzly Stadium, there would certainly be the low-hanging fruit story every once in a while. You know, Boise State quarterback, weary of Washington Grizz faithful, or, you know, Wyoming head coach knows that it's a tough place to play when you go to Bobcat Stadium. Sort of stuff is, again, it's low-hanging fruit. It's nothing complicated, but that's a that's a boost for the Montana schools if they're getting people to talk about their fan bases and their turnouts and their stadiums like that. But even more than that, like Brent Vegan and Bobby Howe go on the radio with their respective in-house radio guys and with me, and that's it. I mean, maybe every once in a while you go on some FCS, uh, you know, national podcast or something. But 
to my knowledge, there's not very many, if any, like daily radios. I'm not just saying it's not just radio though, right? Like your platform expands exponentially if you are in a league with teams that have real fan bases and real media coverage, right? And then all of a sudden, that's just a way to spread your brand. Like if Brett Vegan's going on the radio in Boise or Bobby Houck's going on the radio in Fort Collins, Colorado, that's just objectively good for your brand as a school. I mean, having more people know about you at Montana or Montana State, that's a good thing. And I, 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 so I agree with that. It's not even just the fan bases. It's also then the, the associated media coverage that would come with it. But, like, I mean, imagine, like, there's just this giant pissing match between the Cats and the Grizz for basically the entire year over everything. But there's no other real participants in this said pissing match. So it's just, it's just so it would it would be accentuated. Every rivalry would be accentuated. Like we've seen this with uh, Idaho coming back in the league, and uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see where Eastern Washington falls in this whole thing too. But like, think about how much more engagement there is just in the day to day and week to week flow of the football season when Eastern Washington or Idaho uh, are coming up on the schedule. Uh, I, I just think that there's a lot of pros here. One guy that might know a little bit, Ken Haslam, will join us next on our ESPN Roundtable. This will be more discussion about the current state of affairs in uh, Division I athletics, particularly when it comes to the University of Montana. Ken is the athletic director at Montana. We'll talk revenue generation, budgeting, the differences uh, in funding at all the Big Sky schools, and the, uh, the advantages and disadvantages that provides for the Montana Grizzlies. ESPN Roundtable, Montana AD, Kent Haslam. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 